What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, Feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. Also, don't be afraid to leave some comments. If you're a developer who would like to participate in our Spotlight interview series of special episodes, please reach out through any of our channels. We would love to hear from you. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Wintermore Tactics Club is the game for this week's episode. Wintermore Tactics Club is a tactical RPG slash visual novel. Some comparable games. So we've done an episode on a game called Dodgeball Academia, and there are a lot of similarities to the setup here. But also similarities to Felseal, Arbiter's Mark, which we've talked about in our Tales and Sales episode, and the Banner Saga uh, those trilogy of games, a lot of similarities from a tactical RPG standpoint. And also Saturday Morning RPG, which is a game we did way back when. The game was originally released in May of 2020 on PC, PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. It was developed by EVC Games, which is a small Seattle-based studio. And apparently they're made up of ex-AAA developers. I don't know from where do they flock, but um, pretty exciting. Small team. The game was published by Versus Evil, and we've heard of them before because they published the Banner Saga trilogy, as well as uh, both of the Pillars of Eternity games. So definitely a good track record there. The game had a release of a Wintermost edition, which is basically the game plus the original soundtrack. And I think that's available on all platforms. It's definitely available on Steam. I'm not sure if I can see it on Switch. The game was originally released with an MSRP of $19.99. And that Wintermost Edition was $24.99. So an extra 5 bucks for that soundtrack. And runtime of the game. If you're playing it straight through, just the story, you could probably get through in somewhere between 7 and 9 hours. But there are a lot of optional side quests and things to do. And that could bring you up maybe over 15 hours. So a uh, nice chunk if you're a completionist there. Me, I got this on sale on Switch for thirteen nineteen. I don't know why Switch has these weird prices. But I got it on sale there. And I've put in about five hours in the game. I'm almost uh, done the fourth chapter. There are seven chapters. And the game was recommended to me by Colin Moriarty, who we've talked about before. Colin hosts uh, Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast, and he talks about a lot of small games that he's playing, and he talked about this game 
uh, and it looked cool, and so I jumped on it. And I actually got my brother to play some of this, and he was really into it, uh, pretty engaged with the story uh, and the tactical aspect. So. Let's talk about some gameplay. So this is a tactical RPG, and that will be relevant when you're in a battle, but we'll talk about battles later. However, what is interesting about this game is there is kind of an even split between the tactical RPG aspect and sort of the story quest-based progression aspect of the game. So not all of the game is going to be tactical battles. So let's start out with talking about the progression in the game and sort of the general layout. So like I said before, there are seven chapters in this game, and it is fairly linear, so you do move rather quickly through it. But the general setting is that you're at a boarding school, and this is very similar to Dodgeball Academia in that you'll go around and you'll be doing things, and then at the end of sort of the main quest for that chapter, you will sleep, and then it'll automatically go to the next chapter. In terms of the general layout, this is an isometric view. And so you will be controlling your character with joystick and you'll be moving them around. And as you go through different areas, like you'll walk through doors, maybe you'll go into different rooms, but it has sort of that angular aspect where you're looking at it from above, but at a 45 degree angle. As you're moving your character around, there are things that you can interact with. You'll be able to interact with objects, with things on the wall, with doors, with NPCs, you'll be able to talk to them. And a little bubble will appear so you'll know that you can interact with something. The maps and the areas are interesting because all these locations or areas are campus locations. And each one of them you're going to be able to go to and you're going to have kind of this mini sandbox where it might have an outdoor aspect, there might be an indoor aspect, and you can go in a building and then you can go between rooms in a building. And so when you go to a general campus area, it'll be like this kind of contained sandbox. And what's interesting is that any time you can leave any campus area and you'll be able to look at the full campus map. So I think there's like five or six areas or locations on campus. Like there's the dorms, there's the stadium, there's the administration building, there's the library, things like that. And what's interesting is you can go between them very easily and it kind of creates this open pacing where you have minimal stress. Because if you're looking for a specific area or if you forgot something or you wanted to talk to somebody in a specific area, there's no timed thing where like you're locked out of anything. It's pretty much all open for you. Um, so you can go at your own pace. You can go back and forth. And the main reason that you're going to be going back and forth between these areas is to fulfill quests. So we have main quests and side quests. The main quests are what you need to do within a chapter to progress to the end of the chapter. And sometimes there'll be multiple main quests that you need to do where you have to complete them all, and once you do, you go back to this one area to then advance to the end of that chapter and do what needs to be done there. Side quests are a little different because side quests, you have to seek them out, 
and you're pretty much going to get these from talking to NPCs. Now what's really helpful is when you leave a campus area and go to that like full campus map, when you're looking at the different campus locations, there will be a lot of information for you that's very helpful. One of the main things is that you'll see like an exclamation point and it'll say like side quest here. So you'll go there and then you'll figure out who you need to talk to to get that side quest. So that's very helpful. Also, as you get used to some of the NPCs and their characters and what they look like, each area will show you like who is at that location with their picture. And so if you're looking for somebody, uh, you can look around on the campus map if it doesn't tell you in the quest where that person is, and then you'll be able to find them pretty easily. Also on the map, you'll be able to see like specific rooms that are in each area. So if you have a quest that says you need to go to the art room or you need to go to the backstage, it'll tell you on the map like what specific areas are in this or once what specific rooms. So really full transparency with the map in terms of finding your way. Some of these side quests are a little fetchy, but they do vary what you do. It's not always like go find this person. It might be like you have to find these three posters on the wall. But pretty much all of them are going to give you some kind of reward. For the most part, you're going to be learning about NPCs and sort of advancing the lore of the area or getting some context. But you will get some actual rewards, and we'll talk about some of the upgrades that your characters can get. Again, you can do these at your own pace. What I found out is that side quests stay active between chapters. So again, there's not that stress of like, oh, I want to do all this or I have to do all this before this chapter ends. Any side quest is left open and you can access it at any time. I will say I'm playing on the Switch and I had to jump around between a lot of these campus areas. Uh, load times are a little inconsistent on the Switch. And I did find that I was playing this in bed and as I was jumping around on the map, like the Switch started to really get hot and really kind of get that fan going and something else i started to encounter in this last chapter is that when you're swapping between maps um, sometimes it can be a little buggy like it might pop up something that's on your ui before the rest of the screen comes up or it might make a sound or something like that so just be aware of that i do like playing it on switch but there might be uh, sort of some limitations there. So before we talk about battles and how that'll go, let's talk about your team, which is made up of a couple characters. And these are essentially going to serve as party members for your battle. As you progress through the game, you may get more than what you have initially, but in any battle, you're going to have three characters that you choose. So again, very similar to any kind of tactical RPG, especially ones where you're building an army or you can recruit more people. It's interesting because there are varying classes of characters. Not that there are like job systems or anything like that, but they do vary their attacks and their abilities as well in terms of like range and what it affects and things like that. As you get further in the game, you will add members to your party. Again, this is very similar to Dodgeball Academia because this is all story-based. As you progress through the game, uh, your party members or your characters will grow and you will be able to customize them. They will gain new abilities. Sometimes it's through stories. Sometimes it's even through side quests, which is really cool and really interesting. But when you sort of adopt them onto your team... 
there's almost like a bit of a persona type feel like the game persona where like the character realizes their ability or gets an upgrade because of like something that happens in the story but some other things you will find upgrades for specific characters and these are like equipable so you might do a side quest and you might get something for a specific character as you progress through the game there are a certain number of slots that are available to like actively equip certain things and i think you do upgrade them you do get more slots but some of these upgrades will be like offensive things defensive things synergizing some of the specific moves of that character or their range or some of the effects that are done and then finally battles so you will have a lot of battles but again it's an even split with like some of the traversing and the story side quest stuff some of these battles are going to be deemed as like practice battles and some are going to be story battles but both are part of advancing the story a lot of your practice battles you can actually replay them if you want to practice some of your tactics but basically how a battle is set up you have like a tactical chessboard with squares uh, very similar to fell seal very similar to banner saga and at the start of battle you'll pick what three characters you want to use and you'll place them on specific spaces in designated areas so like you have to start in a designated area and the way that battle works is you'll have turns and it's your turn versus the opponent's turn and when it's your turn your whole team can go basically each character is going to be able to move a certain number of spaces and attack or use an ability and what's interesting and i'm not a big fan of this but your character has to move first and then it can do its attack or its ability. So you can't attack and then move away. But you're going to perform each character's turn in sequence. And you can do them in any order, but you have to do them one at a time. And again, there's variation with these characters. Like some will have long-range attacks. Some will be more melee-focused. What's interesting visually about the game is that it tries to communicate to you like the range that each character can move, like how many spaces, and then if you choose a certain attack or ability, like what's the range of that. I will say in terms of general tactical RPGs, it's not as transparent what possibilities you can do from a visual standpoint. Like there are a lot of tactical RPGs where like if you are in range of moving and doing a specific attack, like if you just choose the attack and like choose the enemy, some games will show you the path and then do it for you. Um, this game doesn't do that. So sometimes like you do have to take the time to see what happens if you move your character over a couple spaces and then like what the range of that specific attack will be. I just wish it were a little more visually communicative, like it were more helpful or more sumptuous or, or trying to kind of complete the square for you a little more intuitively. The game does communicate a lot because if you travel to a space and then click on an attack, it will tell you what will happen, like how much damage you're gonna do to that enemy or like if it'll cause a status effect. So it is pretty transparent from that standpoint. The game also has tactical points, which is interesting. There's a meter in the top right corner, and I think you gain tactical points each turn. And what these can be used for is if you're out of range for an attack, I think that it'll allow you to use a tactical point to attack one space out of range or something like that. I don't know the limitations of this, especially compared to something like the Banner Saga, the different points you could use to like extend your movement or do more damage to an attack. 
Um, it's not that communicated here in the battle menu, so it can be a little confusing of when tactical points get used. But the main use of them is going to be when specific characters gain tactical abilities. And these are like more powerful, like AOE attacks that your character will learn based on stories, based on quests. But these cost, I think, t five tactical points. So like you can't use them on each character like consistently. And they also have a cooldown. So there is some kind of strategizing there with tactical points. Um, I didn't find that so far I needed to really use a lot of these that often. I know they do regenerate in battle, but it's only in a couple instances where I felt like the battles were getting a little dire. Also, as you're walking around on the battlefield, there might be hazards. Uh, some things where like you have to move around them or walk around them, you can't walk through them. Or sometimes like an enemy's move or even your moves will lay down hazards on the field. And basically the goal when you're doing a battle is to defeat all the enemies. Sometimes your players will get killed like they do have health points there's no long-term consequences if any of your players die in battle like you it's not like they wind up injured or or anything like that i think if all of your characters die like you lose the battle in terms of accessibility what kind of ties together a little bit of my frustrations and alleviates them is that there's a lot of accessibility options um, and like turning back in battle so you do have to manually end your turn, but you can restart your turn if you don't like how it went. You can restart the whole battle at any point. Um, if you're moving a character and then you find out that you didn't move enough or you moved too far for the range of your weapon or something like that, you can take back the movement of that character before you do their attack. So with all of that, like it is a, a bit forgiving, but it is kind of trial and error to see like how the movement goes and like what you're going to be able to do some sometimes like my characters did die and i never had all of them die but i did reset the battle a few times if like two of my characters died in one turn and i was like oh i can't move on like this and so it allowed me to just re-strategize but i haven't had a battle yet where like i kept dying uh, because it was too tough also what's interesting is when you're outside a battle like there's a location where you do your practice battles that has a computer that basically has tutorials for the basics. So things that you've seen so far, whether it's hazards, whether it's specific character moves that will do things additionally. So the game can be transparent. It's just not all in one location, like on the battle menu. And at the end of battle, there's sort of a grading system where it rates you based on how much total damage your team took, how many of your characters died, like how many turns it took you. And there's like a par value. So if you go under a certain amount or like you do more than what's necessary, they will reward you with like these charms or these medals. I think this is a currency, but I don't know what this is used for. Um, I think if you're just an individual that likes to max out on certain battles or I don't know if on PlayStation it's linked to a trophy. I do like that this grading is here but i don't know like what the overall purpose is for it overall i will say in terms of battle there is some good synergy with some of the specific character abilities and the upgrades that they can equip and just some more advanced things like sometimes a character's ability or attack will do like a chain like if there's another enemy next to it it'll keep going and do the damage to them um, one character has moves that can push enemies or pull them closer. In terms of general accessibility, like the game itself has 40 save slots. You can, I believe, overwrite them or you can uh, just make a new one. 
Uh, I've just been making new ones. It's not been a big deal, but uh, that can be good if like you want to go back to a certain point in time. Although I will say there's really no need to, again, because like the side quests and things like that, everything is open and available to you. There's never really like anything that you can miss or like a point of no return as far as I can see. There's also a log for dialogue. Like if you hit the pause menu, it'll show like the last few conversations you had. So if like you miss something or if you maybe haven't picked up the game in a while, it'll give like the log of dialogue, uh, which is pretty nice. And again, generally, the game is pretty stressless in how it's paced and how it's managed. There are side quests, like I said, but they're optional. Bouncing back and forth between areas, trying to go straight through for the story, um, it's pretty easy to do that, and it's the game itself is just kind of pretty easy going. I do like that when you're walking around as your character, whatever quests that you have are listed in the bottom right corner, and you can like expand them to get more information. And also you can just open the journal to tell you everything that's active. And the menu in general I think is really helpful. Getting information about your character, your party, like what their specific moves are. Just so you can kind of check in on them uh, for strategy's sake. Let's talk about the vibe of Wintermore Tactics Club. So let's start with some visuals. There's an interesting soft color palette, and I don't necessarily mean like pastels or like Easter colors, but just like nothing is overly bright and in your face. But it's also not that it's drab because there's nice like blue greens, there's nice browns. It is charming, but it's very softly kind of muted in terms of colors. It's not trying to be like neon everything or anything like that. The characters are very interesting. They're animated um, almost like a cartoon, and they're very much like Felseal. They do have uh, this vague feeling of being hand-drawn, like in the Banner Saga, but um, more kind of form-fit to almost like, I said, like a cartoon or even like an anime, but not too, like, outlandish. The game itself has, like, this snowy, cold feel. Like, there is always snow whenever you're in an outside area, like, in the corners. And the ground is just very, like, cold and, like, concrete. There's statues, there's fences, but, like, with brick or cement under them that makes it look kind of regal. But again, that color palette is kind of, like, dampened. We talked about the isometric view. Um, So, like, when you go in a room or in a building... It is kind of very JRPG, like you're looking up from like a 45 degree angle, but you can see the edges of the room or of the building, and then sort of outside of it, it's just like this nothing, like this abyss. And this is very much like old JRPGs, like you go into a house and it's just like this little room, and then outside of it is just black. So, And in terms of the characters, whenever there's dialogue between characters, like a, a bust, an animated bust comes up and... They're very expressive, like they have shocked looks on their face, and I like the animations here. As you're walking characters around, and even as you're looking at other NPCs just standing there, like they do kind of fidget and move a little bit in real time, like the main character, uh, Alicia, you can see her kind of breathing. In terms of audio, 
I really like this music. It's very sweet. It's very charming and wholesome. Sort of feels of being uplifting, almost like curious and innocent. In terms of the characters, they don't regularly speak their lines. I think sometimes you might have, like in a quote-unquote cutscene or when a story thing is happening, you might hear some vocals. I don't know if they say all of the lines, but you definitely do hear them like make grunts or noises sometimes uh, when they have dialogue. So I don't know the extent of the voice acting, but you definitely feel like there is some vocality at some point. In terms of story and themes... There's a lot here that's really nice and really charming. Uh, it's kind of a game within a game. Again, I don't really want to give away too much when we're reviewing games. But essentially, this is a boarding school where there are clubs. And the students that you're playing with are in what's basically a D&D club. Except instead of D&D, it's called C&C. Curses and Catacombs, which is really funny, really good. And so when you're practicing, you're kind of just doing D&D tactical stuff with your group. But then the story battles are a little different. It's very similar to Dodgeball Academia because the whole story is set up in like this tournament style where you're playing different clubs. And each chapter is like a main battle with one main club. But just in general, I love these characters. I love the growth that they go through. I think the game is really well written and each character is really well written. It can be very silly at times. It can be very quippy, very modern, but not too much. I think it's just the right amount of charm. And just in general, some of the things that you do are, are kind of silly and fun. Like multiple times in the game, like a quest will involve you writing something. And it's almost like you go through a Mad Libs thing. And sometimes when it's revealed, like it's just really funny and really silly. And just some other tropes and themes. Kids at school, like they're at a boarding school and like they'll get in trouble sometimes or they might avoid being in trouble. Like there are aspects of bullying, there are secret crushes. And again, just like Dodgeball Academia, the idea of like your enemy becoming a friend is something that happens very commonly. But just in general, the game is just very wholesome, very genuine, and it's not cheesy about it. And the story really develops into something that's pretty compelling and really complex. Let's wrap up the conversation about Wintermore Tactics Club. This is a fun game. It's very nice. It's very laid back. There's no pressure. Uh, it is a tactical RPG, but there's not a lot of customization. There's no job system or anything like that. There's no grinding because you're not really leveling up characters. It is an even split with the RPG aspect and sort of the story-focused. Um, and I think it's well done. The game itself, the story is compelling. Again, it's silly. I really like the writing, and I really like these characters. And I haven't put that much time into this game, and I feel very connected to these characters, and I like them. I just think, in general, the game is a very light-hearted 
wholesome experience, and I think it's really worth playing. Especially if you're somebody who loves D&D, because there are a lot of parallels and a lot of things that you'll pick up on. So D&D lovers should definitely play this game. It's not something that you really have to commit to. Again, you can get through it in seven to nine hours. But if you like tactical RPGs without wanting to invest like an infinite amount of hours, which you could definitely do in something like Felseal Arbiter's Mark, this is a really good game to play. I know $20 is the MSRP. I think this game works best at 15 in terms of value. If you can get this on sale ever for less than the MSRP, I think it's a great value. I think it's a good game to buy. I don't see it on sale often, so if you do see it, you might want to jump on it. I am enjoying playing it on the Switch. I like playing in bed, like just getting through a chapter, maybe doing some side quests, maybe doing a, a battle. But again, I did have some load times, and the Switch was kind of overheating a little bit. So just be aware of that if you're going to play it on Switch. Uh, but shout out to Colin Moriarty for recommending this game and shout out to my brother Dan for giving it a try. He really liked it uh, and I think he was really into the characters and the story as well. I have not finished it yet. I do want to finish it soon, but I got to say I have to recommend this game. It's really good and it's really worth your time. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.